now. Sounds good. I think we're live. Let me see. It's not telling me anything. We are live. All right, let me get my intro. everybody welcome to a friday night session with me rob khalil typical skeptic and robert earl white the man the myth the legend we're going to rock it for you guys on friday night we're all glad you're really here to join us um before we get into my guest uh, if you want to please like share comment subscribe it really helps the algorithm it helps the channel you know that that's we, we give away our content for free basically so if you want to subscribe do subscribe and also if you want to do a super chat you're not obligated to but you can if you want to and that that's about it for all the announcements i have and about my guest robert earl white is a disclosure advocate who at the age four had a ufo crash behind his house his mother was an abductee who was in contact with extraterrestrials after robert's family was threatened by the men in black and air force he vowed to get the button at the bottom of this phenomenon and 30 years later he just did that Robert made multiple documentaries going over the evidence and witnesses of the Lower Alloways Creek incident. Robert also has a series on YouTube called We Are the Disclosure about helping those who've had experiences out of the rare realm and reality in hopes that helping others when going through this and what his mother went through. And I want to give him a big warm welcome back to the show. He's a great friend. Uh, Rob, thank you for coming back on my show. How are you? I'm so excited, Robert, for this. And I just want to open up this show to really Give a shout out to you, man. You've put so much work into this disclosure community. I know everyone's coming out to hear what I have to say, but you have spent countless hours. You have put everything you have into what you are doing. And some of the men that worked on my family's UFO crash case, John Mack, Bud Hopkins, all right, all of their knowledge, all of their wisdom, came from listening to experiencers. Oftentimes, people like you, Robert, and people like me, me, Robert, (laughs) you know, oftentimes we kind of get thrown in the background because we are always promoting others. We are always listening to others. With both of our channels, you never know who's going to be on the show. One day, it will be someone that saw a UFO last night and just had their first experience and don't have a social media account. And with me, the same situation. And then we will have the biggest names in the UFO community on right after. You, Robert, you have figured out the secret to wisdom. It's to listen to others to listen to others. And Bud Hopkins, John Max, the guys that we've modeled everything we do around and so many others, they were great listeners. And I just want to give some praise and respect to all of those that are watching right now. Robert is doing the work that is necessary. And so many times he gets pushed to the side He's played in the background, but one thing I learned in leadership school, I went to college. I was in a leadership program called the Gettysburg Master's Commission, all right? It was a Christian boot camp. I went through full leadership, and the most important thing I ever learned 
was this. To truly lead, lead from the background. And Robert, no one in this community is leading more in the background than you. And all the love and the respect you have for every guest, even if certain guests opposes different ideas of other guests, you don't care. You give everyone the same respect and love. And I know this is supposed to be my time, but who cares about my time, dude? You have been putting as much work in as I have. And Thanks, you and man. I That's have been doing awesome. this. Dude, we've been doing this for years. You were the first person that interviewed Elena Danan. And I was the second person that had her in my video of part three of my family's UFO crash experience. You know, we go way back, man, and we've been out here, and we've just been listening. Hey, what's going on? Nazi, what's up? Go, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be all about you and the live chat because Robert's what I call a real person. And, you know, Robert's been going through a lot of things, and um, I know we were going to talk about my UFO crash, but, dude, I've said it so many freaking times. If people want to know it, Go and watch the previous video we did together. I went over it in a lot of great detail, but tonight it's getting to know Robert and I. And the problem is, Robert is such a humble dude. You are such a humble dude, Robert. And the problem with that is, he doesn't tell all of you that are watching this a lot about himself. And true leaders won't do that. True leaders do the work that is needed to be done. And Robert, he's been going through a lot right now, all right? And he's in the position where something has happened that has opened a door and an opportunity to allow him to really do this and to really help others. So please, everyone, hit that like button. Share this video everywhere that you possibly can. And show this man all of your love and respect because his intentions and why he's doing this is for the purest of reasons. And Robert, you have had so many, I've seen some of your guests and I'm like, oh, I would love to have them on the show. You know what Robert tells me? Anyone that you've seen on the show, just let me know. I'll give you the contacts and all that. I'll be like, this guy is absolutely amazing how he's just, he's all about the information just getting out there. And uh, I, it's such an honor and a privilege to know you, brother. And I, I'm sorry, I know this is a little off the script, but dude. No, no, I appreciate it, man. That's awesome. Like, I, I, I've never had somebody say that about me before. I, I really appreciate it. I think that's like so cool. You're such a genuine person, man. You're so helpful. Like, I wanted to get go back to start off. I wanted to talk about the abduction phenomena, like real quick. And and thank you for for those kind words. That's amazing. You mentioned John Mack and Bud Hopkins. Do you think they they killed John Mack? If between me and you, or what, if you had to guess, what do you think? I don't know, but what I can say and absolutely confirm from my family's experience, which for everyone that's just joining, 
if by some chance you don't know who I am and you don't know my family's experience by now, I don't know where you've been, if you've been under a rock or this is the first time you're watching a typical skeptic or you're ever seeing this red bearded guy talking about aliens and UFOs, you know, Back in 1991, my family had a UFO crash behind our house. It was covered up by the men in black, the Air Force, and the Coast Guard. It happened next to a nuclear plant in Lower Alloways Creek. Now, Richard Butler, which was best friends with Bud Hopkins, did my family's case for the Mutual UFO Network. Now, Bud Hopkins and John Mack got involved. They did regression therapies with my mother, etc. Yada, yada, yada. My mother was an abductee. The UFO that crashed behind our house just so happened there was occupants that were in that UFO. And the reason they were behind our house was to experiment and to use my mother's embryos. My mother was in the hybrid program. And these beings... Because of what they were doing, they were struck down by another group of beings. Who knows? But my mother called them the Nordics and the Blues and some mantis species, which are pretty cool, by the way. Mantis are all right. You know, nothing wrong with that. They work for uh, whoever's enslaving them. Same as the Zeta Grays. They're not necessarily bad or good. They just work for whoever has enslaved them. And trust me. To all of you that may be listening and say, oh, they enslaved them? Well, I got news for you, humanity. <laughs> what do you think the predicament we're in is? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I would agree. I definitely agree. We've been enslaved for a long time, right? So we're, we're really no different than these little gray cloned hive-minded little beings and these mantis beings that are masters of frequency vibration. They literally see in it. Uh, absolutely amazing. So with, with that being said, my mother had all these encounters and with Bud Hopkins, John Mack being involved. Uh, Richard Butler, the guy that did my family's articles and really regressed my mother, he was good friends with uh, Bud Hopkins. And the same two men in black that we talked about previously that came to our house and threatened my mother to remain silent. A few months later, the Linda Cortell case in Brooklyn happened where there was a, a high ranking official ambassador that was in a limo or something down on the street. And they saw Linda Cortell freaking levitating out of her Brooklyn apartment like stories up levitating out 12 stories up in the air thank you you actually know this and the problem is everyone's only listening to what is being put in front of them now you and i we have been researching and listening to everything for such a long time and people are like oh when's disclosure gonna come read a history book like spend, you know, a good month of researching this subject and you'll have every answer you need. And if you need absolute proof that extraterrestrials are real, go look in the freaking mirror. Go look in the mirror. You want proof that aliens are real? Go look in the mirror and come to that self-realization. You know? I agree. There's something else going on. People 
all the people that are watching this, you and I, we don't just happen to happen. It's way too intelligent for that. So with that being said, you know, the works of Bud Hopkins and all that John Mack, these guys, and the same two men in black that silenced my 22-year-old single mother to report the UFO crash that happened behind her house as a helicopter, which it wasn't. No helicopters reported missing. All of that. It's all documented, well-documented. You know, the same two men in black were messing with Richard Butler and Bud Hopkins when they were doing the Linda Cortell case. The Linda Cortell, my mother, it all happened around the same time. And the Linda Cortell case is the case that shut Bud Hopkins and Richard Butler completely down. And then John Mack, not far after. They completely got cut out of the disclosure community. They were doing interviews on late night talk shows and stuff. I know I was watching it. I've been aware of these beings since 1991. I remember seeing them on TV. I remember saying, my mom saying, hey, that was the guy that came to our house. I remember my mom saying that as we were watching these alien shows together all the way back in 1991. You know, and the same two men in black that threatened my mother, they were the ones that ended John Mack's career, ended Richard Butler and Bud Hopkins' career. Facts. And that's why it's so important people like you and I, the tale of two Robs, <laughs> tale of two Roberts, you know, that's why it's so important that we're carrying on their legacy. And we may not realize this, but that's exactly what we're doing, brother. And, uh, I, I agree. It's beautiful. We're just listening. And it just so happens, like, Robert, and I want you to talk for a little bit because you never talk. I'm tired of talking. I've, I've done, like, so many interviews this week. My head is freaking fried, dude. But, Robert, and I know for me personally, this has happened a lot. From all the people I interview, each interview I remember previous guests. I remember little details that are overlapping and connecting. Robert, can you talk more about that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's that's. I mean, I interview so many people. <laughs> it's it's hard to remember. But I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I think with each guest, you get like confirmations. I think that's what that's something. I think something big that we do get is confirmations. We get um, one guest will say something that, that links you to another guest. Like, for example, like, like you might say something that links to something that Savita said or something that Lily Nova said, because um, it's not that you guys just know each other, but it's about the fact that like, you're all on the same journey and you're all getting the same confirmations. Like yours. I mean, like I saw, I think it was around like the 4th of July time. Like when you um, showed a video of a real UFO on your channel and I was like, Holy shit. I was like, where did 20 you get of, 21 of them, 21 UFO videos. And that was for world UFO day, July 2nd, which was marking the 73rd year anniversary of the Roswell crash. And I posted 21 different UFOs that I caught in a span of two weeks. And each one that I caught in that video you're referencing, I was just going outside to take my dog out to go poop. I wasn't out there doing CE5 or meditating. 
Um, I'm just being completely honest. That's they're just always around me. Even when I'm just taking out my little chihuahua to m go make a pee pee or a poo poo, and then boom, one after another. And um, as I'm recording one, whoa, there's another. It's insane. Do you think that they they know you, or do you think they know like uh, all the different people that are in this this disclosure movement, and they're trying to show themselves to people? If you had to guess. Uh, Ooh, that's a wonderful question. And Robert, the truth of it is, they're always there. It comes down to those that notice them. It has nothing to do with the rate or it's not that I'm special or I'm divinely channeled by the Galactic Federation of Worlds. I have nothing to do with those guys. You know, it's just I'm a person, but I'm a person that is aware. And once you see one, you will see thousands the hard part is being able to see that one. And it's not a game of who is more connected or not. It's as simple as, will you take 10 minutes of your night, throw your phone. Well, don't throw it too far in case you see one. I want you to record it so you can mm -hmm. post it up and share it with all your friends. But stop looking at your phone when you go outside at night. And just spend 10 to 20 minutes looking up in the night sky. And every now and then you will get this urge. All those videos, we get these urges, you know, where we'll get this urge to just look up to a particular part of the sky out of nowhere. So I'll just be out there watching my dog say, good boy, that's a big boy poop. You know, like encouraging him to go to the bathroom so they don't poop on the floor, you know. And then I'll just get something that says, look up. And then boom, sure enough, just cruising there. And then it does a nice power up. You know, satellites don't power up. These little light ships, they'll get like, they'll flare up for you. Like, hi, it's their way of saying hi, these power ups. It's like, hey, what's going on? And because these crafts are operated off of telepathy and consciousness, if we are consciously in tune with these crafts, they do pick up on them. We can interact with them. They know we're aware. Yeah, they got their own mission. They got their own thing they're doing. They're not going to stop the come say hi to you you or me, especially. They're, they're doing things that are much larger than us getting an awesome YouTube video and recording them coming down and seeing these higher dimensional beings come out of these crafts. You know, it's much more important than that. And, um, you know, it's that's how it works. So they're completely aware of our consciousness and when we see them and there is some sort of connection once we make eye contact with them and they are consciously aware of our vibration and stuff they'll give you those little power-ups or they'll go woo or put on a little show for you or you'll have ones that do the flash they love that like okay you can see me bye <laughs> I've still never seen one. I, I, I still have to see one. I, I, I really haven't seen one yet. You know, um, I, I don't know what it is like, but I, I have not seen one, you know? And dude, you're out in the Pittsburgh, like MUFON just had a big conference out in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm, I'm familiar and I'm very familiar with the Pittsburgh on the Exburg, you know, and dude, with Mount Washington and stuff, Mount Washington, bro. 
If you go to the top of Mount Washington outside, you know what I'm talking about. You're from Pittsburgh. If you go yeah. to Mount Washington, bro, you have to see something, especially with all the water right there going around Pittsburgh. This Pittsburgh is such an amazing city. And for everyone that's watching, that's where Robert's from. And Pittsburgh sits on an island. Most people don't realize this. Pittsburgh is an island in between two mountains and a river that runs beneath. You know what? Three rivers. It's called. We yeah. used to have a. We used to have a, um, a stadium called Three. They we used to be called Three Rivers, but now it's not. There's the Allegheny, the uh, Monongahela, and the. Um, I can't think of the other one. Maybe it's. I want to say Yakagani, but I don't think it's that. It's the Allegheny, Monongahela, and uh, I, I. I can't remember, but it's it's it was Three Rivers. But you would think they would come here and maybe they would go under the water, right? Maybe they. Well, I don't know. And more importantly, that. One setup with Pittsburgh versus the Bosnia pyramids and other pyramids around the world, you know, all pyramids and sites will have some sort of running water and it will there will be structures on both sides to kind of amplify this energy. Pittsburgh, Mount Washington, and the mount on the other side of Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I'm not sure the name of that. I've only been on Mount Washington. I've been to Pirates games and stuff down in the city. But, um, you know, that's set up perfectly for an area to build pyramids. And with Mount Washington, how tall it is and what's going on, and then the water down there and all the, that major city, all the people, all the energy on the water, and then the mountain to spray that up, and then the mountain on the other side. Pittsburgh itself is set up no different than the Bosnia pyramids, no different from Egypt, the Gaza Strip, and so many other ancient places around the world. You may not even know this about where you live, but trust me when I say Pittsburgh is popping, and there are so many UFOs and stuff like that, but it's Pittsburgh. There's a lot of lights, tons of light pollution. It's hard to see anything. And Mount Washington is overlooking the city of Pittsburgh, which all that light pollution, you really don't see uh, that many, you know, different things going on there. But, uh, wow, it's, uh, it's a lot going on over there. And if you, if you really need to see there, buddy, you just got to make a little road trip and uh, come out to crash site near nuclear plant. I live next to a nuclear plant. Do you have a nuclear plant near you, Rob? I think, well, I, I want to say there's one near Westinghouse, but I don't think there is. I'm not sure. I don't think there's a nuclear plant. Maybe. I'm not sure. I can't remember, to be honest with you. But, like, but I Look know you were in one. They, they always come there, right, the UFOs? Yeah, I have. Um, and not just UFOs. Every single day we have probably about 25 different military craft. Uh, like really fancy military craft, not just your normal, because we live uh, in between Dover Air Force Base, which is one of the biggest Air Force bases in the United States. Uh, when soldiers pass away or are killed in action around the world, their bodies are shipped to Dover Air Force Base. It's it's a big one, like right right Patterson. All right. And then we have uh, Fort Dix Army Base and McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. And they do a lot of buddy-buddy uh, testing. I've seen a lot of crazy things uh, that are ours, 
our military flying around uh, up here. Uh, it's, it's wild. And uh, so we're right on that path. But uh, boy, at nighttime, we get some wild stuff. And then sometimes I'll go a week where I don't see a single thing in the sky. And if these things are what people are trying to dismiss them as, they should be up there constantly. They're not. It's hit or miss. And some nights I really want to record something. I'm like, all right, guys, this is night. I, I'm already recording. I'm like, I want you to land within 50 feet of me so I don't get radiation burn. I don't want to get burnt. I ask them specifically. I don't want them to come too close because that will make us sick. You know, it's different when the craft is off. But when the craft is operating, if you are within about 30 feet of that craft, you will have second degree burns. You will have radiation poisoning. It's important for people that are doing CE5 to understand it needs to be 50 feet away to be safe. And once that craft powers down, then you are able to get closer to it. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, is that what they do for abductions? They power down or do you think they're taking people more like astrally or etherically? Uh, well, dematerialization and it's more frequency and vibration for the abductions and magnetism of that nature. And because uh, people are uh, molecularly uh, broken down into a certain way, it kind of skips that radiation barrier. And it's, uh, you know, the craft will be well above the house. It's the craft that is causing it, not the beam that causes the abduction, whatever that beam is, uh, whether magnetic vibration, uh, you know, mo molecule breaking down, whatever's going on. When that does happen, the craft will be a good distance away. And that's why abductees say we were drugged through the sky. It's never there was a UFO inside of my bedroom that took me. It wouldn't be because it would get them really sick. The perfect example of this is the Travis Walton story. Those ETs were not hurting them. They saved his life because he got too close to a UFO. All the burns he had and what they did to him, that was to save his life. But Hollywood, as usual, dramatizes everything for entertainment. Oh, they were doing awful things to him. They put him in the skin suit and opened up his eyes and put a needle. You know, like, come on. They were saving his life because they made a mistake. They didn't realize the loggers were there. As simple as that. They saved his life, and he knows that. And I am actually good friends with... Uh, a woman, Jennifer Stein, she's a producer. She's actually uh, been working on the newest Travis Walton uh, documentary and all that stuff. And um, that's exactly what went down. Uh, that He was not abducted by hostile extraterrestrials for no reason. They were saving his life. And that's common knowledge. He knows it. Everyone else knows it. But Hollywood wouldn't make money if they made a movie about aliens coming to Earth to save somebody. Well, I agree. Hurting them, then saving them. You know, it's illogical. 
<laughs> I, I got a question, Rob. I wanted to bring this up. I think this is a, it's like a nice cold wintery night. This is so fun to talk about like the paranormal and UFOs. Like I hope that everybody's interested because this is going to be fun. I mean, like it is fun right now, but I wanted to ask you about what are your thoughts on who the men in black were or are, or if they're still around? Like, do you think they were alien? Do you think they were men? Do you think they were tall whites? Do you think they were government or maybe a mix or some kind of robotic thing, but biological, you know what I mean? Like, what are your thoughts? We can speculate. It's, it's fun to speculate, but like, what do you, what do you think if you had to guess? Yeah, I love it. And for everyone that may still, which I'm pretty sure everyone that's watching this already knows. So I'm not going to get into it, but yes, the men in black came inside our living room. They questioned my mom. My mom asked them questions. Those questions can be found in my UFO crash documentary and every other interview. I've told this story. Like, this is why I'm in the process of working on a book with my good friend, Dr. Daniel Seda. Um, so I am working on a book, so I don't have to tell this story anymore. After 30 years, it gets old. I'm so freaking tired of telling it, dude. Uh, but uh, speculating. Now, publicly, officially, because with my family story... I don't need to uh, dramatize. I don't need to add information because what is there is so compelling. So officially, really I have always said that they were awkward. They looked like humans, but they would do things. Uh, when I talked about them holding the pencil and they were holding a pencil like no way that a human being would hold a pencil, almost holding it like they don't even understand how it works. Another weird thing they did when they went to snap their fingers, they were so arrogant and proud, like, oh, look at what we could do. They were emotionless. They were clean shade, but we had a UFO crash behind our house. And, of course, government officials, they're clean shaved. All of them, politicians, everyone, military personnel, clean shaved. So them not having hair wasn't weird. You know, it was... In our minds, it was 1991. The movie Men in Black didn't exist. X-Files came out actually probably eight to nine months afterwards. So even that wasn't around yet. So we had no understanding of the Men in Black didn't exist when this happened. Okay? But they are really weird. But to speculate, these are draconian clones. These are cyborgs. They are clones, they are flesh, they are physical and flesh, but something else is operating them, and their answers are coming from an external source. What they say, what they telepathically pull out of the people they're interrogating, is coming from somewhere else. And I believe that these beings are the cleanup crew on behalf of the extraterrestrial multiple different species that are working with our military complex privately. Speculation so there. I only speak on the facts, but everything within my spirit and my heart and knowledge and studying, every anytime I hear the word men in black, of course I listen. I saw them in my living room when I was three and a half years old. You know, and then, then like years after, and this is 1991, years later, 
when the Men in Black movie came out, my mother and I, we were laughing because the Men in Black, the second question my mother asked the Men in Black is, why don't people know about these things? And the Men in Black replied to my mother, we're doing everything we can by preconditioning. And within the next 10 years, you will see signs of extraterrestrials and UFOs in all media outlets, newspapers, uh, etc., movies, TV shows, magazines. And they told us. So when X-Files came out, and then when Men in Black came out, my mom and I, we used to watch it like these arrogant MFers told us they were going to be doing this. And like we watched how the world perceived it. Oh, Men in Black's wonderful. Like you go to McDonald's and Burger King and it's on the cups and everything. I'm like, these SOBs, these SOBs, they're, oh man, it's the best way to hide something. Is to put it right in front of your face. Oh, Project Mockingbird, bro. Like, still in effect. Oh, they are excellent. And even though I'm angry at them for threatening my 22-year-old mother, saying, if you don't report the UFO crash as a helicopter, we will take your son away. I was only three and a half years old. Even though I'm angry at them for that, and I definitely want revenge that's exactly what I'm looking for. And if I ever see any men in black, I promise you I'm taking them out because you cannot get charged for taking out something that doesn't exist. It's called double jeopardy. I know the law well. And if I ever see them, they're done for. And that's exactly why I haven't seen them since my crash case. They can threaten my 22-year-old single mother who was afraid after seeing something explode behind her house. But they will not threaten me whatsoever. I'm not afraid of them. And for any men in black out there or three-letter agencies that are listening, you know where to find me. You know exactly who I am. I'm here anytime you want to mingle. I'll do a little salsa for you, and I'll pull out my big boy toys, and we have we can have a good time. <laughs> Disclaimer. I, I wanted to say – Flicks, Flicks Love says, he says uh, some of the gifts, well, wait, that was, wait, let me see, here it was, here was his comment, He's, he or she said, probably hybrids connected to the same mainframe as the abduction greys and fake mantises, is that right? Uh, essentially, it's the same genetic uh, programming, the same programs that are going on that created what you just mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, the men in black are, um, uh, what they've perfected to get the job done is a good way of saying it. It's uh, a specimen that they've really narrowed down. And these men in the black hats and the black hat man that you hear everyone talking about, like all these abduction experiencers when they're young and they have these encounters with this black hat man. The you shadow know, people. You mean the shadow people? Like that? Yeah. The one, but one in particular, the Black Hat Man, which is this shadow figure. I've had multiple guests on the show that had encounters with this being at some point or another. Dawn from Soldier's Voice and so many others. My mother and uh, my grandmother and all of her eight sisters, they live next to a cemetery. They saw the same being. And what it is, is there are physical third density men in black. And then there are higher density men in black. And this shadowy hat man that so many people experience, that is a higher consciousness, a higher density, a higher frequency and vibration 
of the men in black. The men in black come in different densities. They come in different vibrations. And the ones that people have physical encounters with, those are the third density ones that are clones and are created. And they are highly telepathic. And some of the awkward things they do is to throw off the people they're talking to to drop that wall of vulnerability, to drop people's guards down so they can pull out intel. They're very sneaky and manipulative. That's 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 insane. One thing I wanted to ask you about, I think I think this is this is gonna be cool because this is this will get you off the topic of the Always Creek incident, but it's something really important. It's kind of what I brought up to Savita too. Um, you went to the conference, and I know Savita said she got major downloads from the conference. I know you guys all had fun there, but like, can you talk a little bit about your experience at the conference? Like the people you saw, the people you met, not just the guest speakers, but like the the people that's you know like the friends you met, um, just the whole vibe of the place, and like and what you got overall from the conference. If you don't, I think that'd be excellent stuff. Great question. So um, the conference, it was intense. Uh, when I say intense, I mean in the sense of you have a thousand people there that are in tune, well-connected, aware. I've never had that experience. I've been to concerts where there was ten to 20,000 people in the crowd all watching the band. That's different than a thousand sovereign beings all collectively coming together. Uh, regardless if you're in the spiritual community or not to be around that many spiritual people, it actually becomes very draining. And it's a lot to take in, especially if you're empath and you're in tune and you pick up on people's emotions and they're excited and they're in tune and you're picking up on all that. It was a lot. And what I can say the most amazing thing about the conference, although all the speakers were wonderful and great and all of that good stuff, uh, it was mind-blowing. The most amazing stuff happened out in the crowd. Some of the most amazing connections I made with people were standing by the fire, chit-chatting, connecting, and just talking to people, hearing their stories, meeting people who watch my channel and incognito mode they didn't have a profile picture they knew everything about me and i knew nothing about them and to have a face to the profile name and the connections like joe joyce that i met there and no one no one at that conference knew who joe joyce was no one knew who he was because no one really took the time to talk to him but everyone took pictures of us and Joe together because we're Nephilim. We're so tall, six foot eight dudes, we're giants. So everyone was constantly, oh, you're so tall. Oh, it's a Nephilim. Oh. But <laughs> you know, no one ever took the time to actually talk to him. And he won silver in the Olympics. He's I know who he is. Two. Yeah, he's number two. Tyson Fury wants to fight him. I hope he gets that fight. You know, I'd like to meet him if I, if we ever can. Like, if you can ever arrange that, because I've been into fighting for so long. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but, you know, I've been following MMA and, and boxing for a long, long time. And, like, I was so impressed that you got him on the show. People don't know who that is. Like, 
He's basically the number one boxer in the world who Rob had on his show. So you guys need to give Rob props because – And guess I what? Only about, 500 views and only 35 people came to the live. Oh, my God. That's like <laughs> – that's so weird. You but, know why? Because for the disclosure community – to show the second toughest man in the world and all those tough guys that think they're tough and they're like, I don't want to talk about aliens and UFOs. I don't want to look crazy. You have the second toughest man in the world right now talking about astral travel, seeing UFOs, meditation, and spirituality. You think the deep state wants that? No. No. They want men to be angry and want to fight and use that reptilian part of their brain. They don't want men to know real strength comes from being having the source energy, hence why I titled it The Power of Source Energy. And that's why I know he's going to be number one. He's connected to the universe. If you're connected to the universe, you're connected to the person you're fighting. If you're connected to the person you're fighting, you know what they're going to do. Exactly. Unstoppable. And that's what we talk about. It was revolutionary. And it was the worst video to date on my YouTube page. That just lets me know, oh, I'm doing something right, YouTube. Yeah. Right. Well, it's not just that, but it's like the, the disclosure people might not know who he is. You know what I mean? And then, then it's hard because there's boxing people that might not be into our thing, right? It's that's what's what's tough about it. But to people like me, who's someone who's into it both, I thought it was the most fascinating interview I've ever seen. And you asked all the right questions, man. You know, and it's so good to see someone like that come out with like their esoteric beliefs. It's so good to see someone, and he actually went to the conference. That's insane. Like, did he actually is that dedicated that he went to the conference? Like, you know, that's awesome, right? Yeah, we partied all night long. We actually, uh, we became really great friends. We text all the time, stuff like that. He was actually in the live chat, bro. During the live of the video, he was in the live chat talking to people. One of the most humble, humble people I've ever met. You know, he's been training in the USC facilities. He's friends. Everyone knows who he is, you know. And um, as you said, I was really going out of my way to bridge that gap. Because I believe true disclosure works for everyone, not just some groups. You know, yeah. real disclosure is everyone, every group, every religion, every political belief, every background, every sexual preference, every skin color. True disclosure will be available for all people. Not you know why, Rob? Because I think that, that, that this is coming more – This be, what we do is becoming more popular. More, more and more people are starting to embrace it. Like I've, I've met, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was talking about – like I never heard her talk like this before. She was talking about that she was meditating and using affirmations. And I was like, where is this coming from? And I realized that it's not just us. It's like people – more and more people are starting to embrace the esoteric. Because the esoteric is becoming normal because people are realizing that religion, a lot of times religion was, a, you know, like a trap or something. And they're starting to embrace the spirituality. Do you think that? And, and maybe with the awakening that we're going through, that it's kind of raising people up to a higher consciousness. Do you think? Exactly. And unfortunately, although people are tapping into that esoteric, there are those that are extorting the esoteric. Those that are using the esoteric to manipulate, to control, and to make money off of. And oh, yeah. this is where it becomes a problem. 
it's a problem yeah. because so many are really finally understanding these things that have been around since the Templars, since the ancient Vedic texts, the ancient Maya people, the ancient Egyptians, the Sumerians, the Hittites, the Druids, etc. You know, the Peruvians, Argentinians, you know, uh, Aboriginal in Australia, the ancient Chinese people, you know. Native American. Native American, exactly. And unfortunately, these esoteric knowledges are being extorted, you know, wow. they're being manipulated and used from both sides, both for positive and negative. And the problem is the esoteric, the knowledge, it is what it is. It is accurate. It is correct. So anyone that says it, people can't argue against it, but it comes down to what is the intent of regurgitating that esoteric knowledge what's your main motive because you can use this esoteric knowledge to control manipulate and divide a society or you can use this esoteric knowledge to completely help a society to come together and become one it's the intent behind the esoteric knowledge always I agree. Um, we had a question from the chat. Michael Scott wants to know, does Robert feel like he has any SSP connections, secret space program connections? Uh, not to my knowledge, uh, not whatsoever. I do have memories of previous times before getting in some confrontations in space. I was involved with ancient things that aren't important, Orion Wars, etc. But no, I'm not a part of the secret space program. They can't control me. I'm not one of their clones. Uh, absolutely not. I have nothing to do with the secret space program. I'm actually created by uh, other things in our military and privatized military complex. I'm something greater. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Um, and so I'm just going through some of the comments. I'm seeing if anybody has any any questions for you. Um, uh, someone said Joe Joe Joyce has a huge right hook. Like that's pretty cool. Like um, oh, Starseed. That's my buddy Starseed. His name's Chris. He's from Australia. Uh, the Aliens Down Under episode I did. That's Starseed's Chris. Uh, he does a lot of work with Patriots. He actually has an episode coming out from. A guy that trained uh, over in England, he trains ex-veterans that have post-traumatic stress. He takes them into boxing and fighting, and he helps ex-veterans uh, learning how to box. And he's going to be having that interview coming out soon. And um, he's a great, great, uh, wonderful guy from down under. My good buddy. Much love to you, brother. Love you, yeah, Chris. Yeah, he was... He was in this chat earlier, and he invited Savita and me to go on a new – he said he's doing a New Year's podcast with you or something. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be on there. Dude, that would be – we're going to be talking about, like uh, – I, I don't want to say on his behalf, but, dude, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're into Star Wars and stuff like that, it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun I, New Year's chat. I know I have a one during the day, but I would do it. I would I'd be up for it. You know, that'd be that'd be something fun. Like, but well, well, he's in Australia, so the time difference is wonky loopy. So, but definitely hit him up, and um, he's a great guy. So highly yeah. recommended. Him and I, um, he's the only guy I talked to ten hours on the phone with. Him and I, we talked for ten hours straight. Oh my no god! No other guy. I've never talked to anyone that long. He's a awesome soul amazing man 
doing a lot for Disclosure and doing a lot for all of our patriots and our veterans out there. So mad shout out to Chris uh, Christian Sinclair is his actual name or Chris Sinclair. And uh, Star Seeds and Patriots Down Under. And he has another YouTube account called Star Seeds and Patriots Down Under 2, where he's doing more exclusive interviews and talking about the spiritual and stuff like that, extraterrestrials, UFOs. He had a crazy experience when he was younger, a near-death experience as well. Which, Robert, near-death experiences. Isn't this one of those things that keep getting brought up in every single episode? How many yeah. of your guests and my guests have had near-death experiences to the point where it's a little fishy, right? It's it's weird because it makes me think like, well, it makes me think that it's all happening for a reason, right? It's and I'm wondering if it's happening to wake some people up to a certain degree. You have to wonder. I'm, you know, these people with these amazing experiences. It just so happens that I had a near-death experience. I don't think so. And you and I, we've inter interviewed so many people. And it's these little connections you and I are putting together. These little tiny details that get brought up just one sentence in someone else's story. Amazing. Yeah, Try and look I look at the comments. I, I want to answer some comments, and I, I love it. So I know Let's I'm not talking about my here. UFO crash too much, but I talk about it all the time. Anyone out there, if you want to know more, about my ufo crash go check out my page robert earl white order of light you will find my ufo crash uh playlist there you can watch it all and also we did an interview together robert and i about a month ago and you can uh see that as well where we go more into detail but we're just hanging out and we want to take this time to really answer some of your questions so yeah everyone you guys start have firing away Yes, just put your questions in the comments, guys. You can put them, and I'll see if uh, if I can come up with some. I'll see if I can ask you. Do you uh, talk about? Do you think? What do you think about like astral projection? Do you do you get into that a lot? Like, um, I can't do it for some reason. I I have a problem with it. Like, I've tried to do it many times. Oh wait, we got a we got one here. Uh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Mark Sheldon says, "What do you guys think about the return of Anki?" Just a being, no different than any other being in the universe, no different than us human beings. And yeah, it's they, not just they, the return of Anki. They it's made the us in their image. So the Bible was right in that sense. They made us in their image, but it's they our, made us better than them. Our, not just Anki. Ours, plural. Yeah. Then Anki. It's our image. Our to make us. It's all plural. It's not just Anki. What the return of Anki is just symbolism, the return of human beings realizing our creators. At the end of the day, our creators are just beings like us. What do beings do? They create things. Why do they create them? Just because they can or they need something. And when human beings realize why we were created, they may not like the answer. And sometimes the facts are not as sexy as the lies and the entertainment. And that's the truth. And I got news for you, humanity. You're not going to be happy campers once you realize why we were created. It won't make you happy to know that we were created just to gain resources and be genetic livestock. You're not going to like that. So trust me, be careful. 
Don't worship any other being except yourself because the entire universe is within you. You are God, the great I am, I am, I am, you are everything, the rocks, the trees. We all are source cosmic, source energy, all created from a grand nebula explosion that has brought all creation, the source energy. So be cautious out there all. Yeah, when if you, I was just going to say, if you read those Sumerian tablets in the in the in the myth of Adapa, when the when the Anunnaki make Adapa, who's like the uh, he's like Adamu or Adam, what, what the Bible would call Adam, it says he was the greatest of the Anunnaki. So they're saying that the person that they created, Adapa, was actually better than the Anunnaki. So that makes me think that they created us better than them. So we're actually better than the Anunnaki, or we have the ability to be, but we don't see this. We don't see our full potential. You shall do greater things. And Adam, Atom, like Adams, Adam, yeah. Red Earth, Red Earth. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, you get it. And I mean, if, if we want to play a name game of Anunnaki beings, Anki and Ella aren't the only ones. Don't forget yeah. about Ishtar and Iana. Let's not forget about her. But no one wants to talk about what they've labeled her, the whore of Babylon. Yeah, uh, what the is that? awful things they called the the evening star, you know, and not to mention she's well known for creating tons of beings on this planet. And, you know, it's, it kind of hurts sometimes seeing everyone bash, you know, our, you know, cosmic mother like that. And um, they called it, they, her other name was Isis, and and look what they look what the name Isis and is. It's a Aphrodite in Greek. She had a different name in every culture, and it's just you know during the Council of Nicaea when the Vatican came around, feminism, anything associated to women or feminism or the divine nine, divine nine, divine or the feminine. Feminine, masculine, yes. feminine. The nine. Anything to do with the feminine was completely washed out. When Mary Magdalene was supposed to be, Jesus's wife was supposed to be the one that created the church, they said, oh no, men have to be in control because this says in the Bible, women were talking too much during the rabbis. So they don't have any sort of say within you know conscious evolution. When we call Earth Mother Earth, we don't call it Father Earth. When have you ever heard anyone refer to planet Earth as Father Earth? You haven't. It's always Mother Nature, Mother Earth, Gaia, Sophia. Sophia yes. in ancient Hebrew, God's wisdom. All right? Yes, There's Sophia means wisdom. Yeah. Exactly. Sophia is a name associated with women. I've never met a man named Sophia. Have you? No. The, and the, the the Gnostics the Gnostics say in in, in, <laughs> in the in the Gnostic in the Gnostic teachings Sophia they'll, they'll say uh, Christos Sophia is a is a is a real important document. It's about the wisdom of. of and you uh, want to hear something real crazy? And this might really stir people up, but uh, uh, Baphomet, the people that people that think Baphomet is a demon or a Satan and stuff. So silly. It's a Knight Templar. It's a Templar idol created to represent. Baphomet was the code. When you take the Hebrew number chart, you know, 
the translate, the numbers Hebrew, Baphomet translated equals Sophia. <laughs> but they made it this scary horned goat being so the Vatican would be afraid of it and people would stay away from it so they could protect that universal knowledge as, as above, so below, the kundalini awakening, the illuminated, the penile gland, the light, you know, the serpents going all around the rod, the spinal cord, the 33 vertebrae of the spine. You know, it's Sophia wisdom. And a lot of people are like, ah, Baphomet, it's the devil, it's satanic. Oh, da, 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 da. No, it's not. It was created by people that were protecting pilgrims traveling from the Holy Land and discovered Solomon's treasures. That's all Baphomet is. It's not an actual being or a physical entity. It's an idol created to protect certain universal ideologies from the Vatican. That's it. It's so funny that like the satanic church has used this idol as like their uh th their go-to and all this. And it's like, it doesn't even mean that. Come on, what are you guys doing? But it means Sophia. Baphomet translated means Sophia. Uh, that's what's going on when you use the Hebrew uh, code system and the numeric uh, variables, you know? Well, I didn't want to move away from that, but he, your friend Chris, he says exactly as I've done these great things, so shall we. Quote Jesus, special abilities locked in our DNA, 12 stand cosmic being. I totally agree. I totally agree. Boom. It's all about activating that DNA. That's what we talked about with Savita in the last podcast about being able to activate our DNA. That's what this, That's why this is all happening. That's why people like yourself, Chris, is that his name, Chris? Yeah. Yep. People like yourself are doing podcasts like I am, like Rob. It's the same reason why a lot of people are creating art right now and creating music and, and, and doing things besides the nine to five job. Like people are trying to find a way from out of the nine to five job because it's life draining. It's energy sucking. This is not energy sucking. I mean, I put a lot of work in, don't get me wrong. I put a shit lot of work in and sometimes I don't want to do it. But a lot of times when I finally get into an interview, I'm happy. But what I'm trying to say is like this is much better doing something creative as compared to doing um, well, something life sucking like a nine to five robotic. job. Instead of being robotic, just yes. doing what you're told and don't think about it. Just do. We want to think about what we're doing and we want to put our love and our passions into what we are doing. We are creators ourselves. You know, there's creators and then there's followers. What are you? Yeah. Uh, I, I, Sybil had a question. I wanted to go back to her question. She says, uh, uh, she says, uh, she, uh, Sybil asked, she said, and I think you answered this already, but I mean, so a lot of people knew just joined. So she says, a question, have you seen anything recently in the skies? And is your memory from when you were four or whatever you said, sorry, I have damaged memory. Just wondering what you've seen recently. Um, I've seen a lot. I actually, this is a perfect segue. Um, I record UFOs all the time. I have a playlist on my YouTube channel of all the UFOs I've recorded. Not all the UFOs I've seen, just the ones that I just so happen to have my phone and actually capture. And there's a lot of them, okay? But just recently, Robert saw it. I just posted up today, and it's popping. I caught something in the latest SpaceX night launch. Yes, Yes, you did. <laughs> that was huge. People have to see that. I shared it in our in our group, but I'm gonna I'm gonna share it on my channel too because I think people have to see that. 
Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give your link to my, my followers. I mean, like, I'm going to post your link. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's that important. Like, it's huge, man. And I, I want to talk about that for anyone that will go over to the channel. They'll see it up there. But I was on Twitter, and I follow Elon Musk because I just love how he's trolling everyone out here. I just freaking love that dude right now. I'm so uh, – and plus, I – that video is getting so many views and it wouldn't even be possible if it wasn't for Elon. Thanks, Elon. Elon Musk, if you're listening, thanks, bub. <laughs> like, he, like he's listening to us. Oh, God. He might anyway. be he might be trying to get tips on when, when he goes to Mars because he knows he's going to encounter something. You know? Exactly. But, yeah, I was watching this video on Elon Musk's Twitter and – I'm watching the Falcon 9, which was a satellite launch to send up a replacement satellite. It was in the middle of the night around 1 a.m. And I'm watching it on Elon's Twitter. I see his white light appear behind the actual Falcon 9, and it's just kind of trailing it. And I go, is that a light reflection? What, what is that? And I start studying it. And as I'm studying it, I see it disappear. I see it fade out behind the smoke coming from the rocket and then come back in. And then down in the bottom, long after, I was just interested in that. And then long after, I see this UFO just pop up brighter than all the stars. And then I said, all right. I said, okay, this might be reflection or something like that. If it's actually a UFO, I should be able to find other footage of the same launch, and I should see something flying around. I'm like, I'm probably not going to get anything. So I go to Orlando, Florida, news station that recorded the launch, and they put the SpaceX, the official like SpaceX, the full launch, and I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, I'm just looking for anything. And sure enough, while it was all the way zoomed in and the boosters were on, you see this white plasma crap just shoot up less than like a second. Fully light with it, that zoomed in. Birds and bugs don't pulsate light like that. And you could tell kind of the distance of it. Like it wasn't as high as the rocket. It was lower. And then I had one person say, well, it could have been a satellite. No, it wasn't. This was a satellite mission and the boosters on the rocket were still on. It was nowhere near where they had to be in height to drop off a satellite. So I, 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 no one's even trying to dismiss it or saying the only uh, valid argument, and it's not an argument, and I agree with people, I know SpaceX has UFOs. My father worked for SpaceX. He's been in the dumps. He's been in the underground bases. He's seen the saucer SpaceX has. He knows this. It could have been Elon watching his own launch. At the same time, this is reverse technology engineered from extraterrestrials. Regardless of if it's Elon or extraterrestrials, that should be the question everyone is asking when they watch this. With that being said, this technology comes from somewhere, and the public deserves to know. And Elon Musk is on a roll today with presenting stuff to the public. I wish he would present to everyone the UFO and the saucers he has in hangars in Cape Canaveral. Do you and think he, he knows? Do you, do you think he has UFOs yes. and do you think he knows? No, I, I, I don't think. I absolutely know 110%. I've been to a SpaceX work site when they were building the Starship. I didn't see UFOs, obviously, but I did see them building the Starship. I've been there physically. 
I have insiders. My father literally is a high clearance contractor that just retired this year. He's worked in the dumbs in Cape Canaveral. He's designed things for Space Force that the public's completely unaware of. For example, you hear all this talk of them taking down the space station, right? You hear all this talk about them taking down the space station. But you don't hear anyone talk about building a new space station. It's because the Space Force has already built a weaponized space station. They've already done it. And how do I know this? Because my dad was the guy building it in an underground base under Cape Canaveral two years ago. And I have other DOD and Space Force employees that aren't willing to come forward that live in other places of the country that were doing all the analytics and logistics of this weaponized space station. Yeah, that's it. Of course they have UFOs. Come on. I, I agree. I agree. That someone, I, I would go back German, to this country. Germany had UFOs in 1945. Yes. Yes. They had the, the Hanabu. The Hanabu, right? Let's end the bell. Let's call it for what it is. Well, wait. Let me ask you this. Do you think Kecksburg, which is near where I live, by the way, the do you bell. think Kecksburg could have been the Nazi bell? Could be, right? Yes. You never know. Oh, you cut out. I definitely believe that was the bell. Okay. Someone else had a question. Mark Sheldon, he said, could the return of Ia be also the return of Christ? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I think that's two different things completely. First of all, I personally, I don't think there's going to be a return of Christ. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I can't say or not. I'll let you answer it, Rob, because you have like religious experience. Well, like, well, well, how can there be a return of something that is internal and everlasting? Yeah, so, right. It's inside all, you, right? And hey, the Christians listening. Can't argue against that one. It's it's not a return of something never left. And if Christ's consciousness or let's call it for what it is, because names and titles are silly, universal connection consciousness, you know, how, how could there be a return of something that never left to begin with? Something that's always been connected in everything. There isn't a return of anything or anything. All points of time throughout all universes and dimensions are all happening at the same time. There's no such thing as time. It's an Ouroboros, the great serpent eating its own tail. There's no such thing as time. There's no return. There's no return at any time. It's always the same. They're always here. There's no return. They've always been here, always will be. Done. Yeah, I, I agree. Easy. Well, we've been going about an hour. Should we uh, finish up? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we, we go? We go. Oh, we... man, we're, we're, we're just getting started, Bob. I'm having a blast. But, uh, yeah, um, YouTube, a lot of great stuff going on on there. And I definitely want to have you on uh, my channel. I want to do a live with you, Robert, and uh, – you know, pick your brain and have you share a little bit more about like some of the things you've came across and your thoughts and your opinions. You're so good at just keeping silent and just keeping your guests talking where like me and in my interviews, you know me, I'm ignorant as all out. Like I'll just straight cut off my guests like, yo, I need to ask you this. You're not going to say some stuff like that and not give a further explanation <laughs> like i don't care what you got to say 
where you drop something like that, and you know what I mean. Like, someone will say something so nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, I went to Mars when I was five, and then later on, I like, hold on, what? What did you just say? You know, like, it, that's how I am. I like to interject and make a good conversation and back and forth and, you know, make it like a conversation, not so much as an interview. But you do such a wonderful job at just allowing your guests to talk and all that. And uh, my final thoughts and words is, uh, Robert, man, I appreciate everything you do so much. And I see you and all the hard work that you're putting out. I really hope people will understand and appreciate uh, your value to this community and everything you're doing and how open your heart and your mind and your soul is to helping others get their experience out there. You and I were in the same mission and that's what's going on. So all of you, if you would like to support, you know, go down to that description support a typical skeptic check out the merchandise store check out everything he has up and coming members etc make sure you show him some love and support his channel because he's doing some great work for the disclosure community oh no man I, I appreciate that rob like I, this is about you though like i don't want to i don't want to I, I i appreciate it's, that like i guess it's, it's about all of us but i mean you're it's you, always you, about you know, me, dude. anybody who who's Anybody who says that about someone else, like you have a really good heart, man. Like, and I knew that. I, I knew because you've you've been very helpful in the past and stuff. But I think if more people were like you, we would be in a lot better world because you're willing to help your friends. Like, you know, like um, anytime I've ever had a question about like making a video, you've always helped me, and like you're just amazing, man. And I, I can see you want to bring out the truth too. You want to get the truth to the surface about what is going on in our reality. What is it? Do we live in the matrix? Who knows? We don't know. But I mean. I know it's been hidden from us a lot, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Right. So thank you for all you do too. You're amazing. And you do, you, I can tell you put your heart and soul into your work and I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. And that's what it's all about. Uplifting one another, not necessarily ourselves for all of those in the disclosure community that are starting to get popular. Always ask yourself this question. Who am I helping? Who am I uplifting? Am I only uplifting myself? Am I only giving honor and praise and worshiping myself? Or am I helping others and encouraging them to keep on going? That's something we all need to ask ourselves. And that's your heart's beautiful. in the right place, buddy. You know, that's what it's that, all about. I think that's what it is. I really, I started realizing that. I mean, like, I've always been helpful to people, but I realized, like, you have to, like, reach out and, like, really try to help people succeed, and then it, it'll make you more successful, right? Exactly. And it, it, none of us can do this by ourselves. We yes. have billionaires and corporations, privatized military complex that does not want you and I to be doing what we are doing. We need yeah. to team up and have each other's backs. Even if, you know, you and I, we both had guests on throughout the past that maybe we don't agree with every single word they say, but it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. It just needs to be out there. And, you know, we put aside our egos and what we think to be understanding and accepting. And we, you know, we have the people, you know, we have their backs and we try to uplift them. And until someone does something bad to us, we would never dream 
to do anything bad to these people. You know, our guests, the people that we have on the show, we would never do anything to discredit them or harm them or hurt them. Now, if they come after us and start attacking us, that's a different story. You got to cut that, you know, keep your mouth shut, cut that tie and just move on. There's millions and billions of experiencers. If you don't resonate with something, watch 10 more videos. You're bound to resonate with something. If there's one video that Robert does and people don't like it, oh, I don't like this person. Bah, this person said, bah. It don't matter. Skip that video and watch 10 other videos Robert has done and see what you resonate with. It's as simple as scrolling up. Get over it. Resonate with what you resonate with, and that's it. It's a beautiful thing. Rocks is funny. Rock said, Earl, you got to have Khalil on so he gets to ask, ask the questions. They're going by our last names. Robert's Earl, and my last name's Khalil. She's, Rocks is saying that he has to have me on his show. But I don't know if I'd be good at that because I'm not good, I'm not good when I get asked questions. I'm all right to interview people, but I'm not great. And I have to do a podcast in January. I told him I would. But I'm not, I'm, it's going to be weird because I'm not used to getting asked questions, you know? Well, I, I, I'm going to have you come on the show and break you in, buddy. But, I mean, I, I've been asking you good questions. And because we're in the same line of work, I can ask you questions that you actually have answers for. Especially yeah. when it comes to all of your guests. And, yeah, you don't remember things. But when I ask those questions, for example, Robert, have you noticed that near-death experiences keep getting brought up all the time? Well, you weren't thinking about that, but because I said it, you're like, well, now that I think about it, yeah, there's about like 30 guests of mine that have had near-death experience and they're abductees. You know, so it's when it comes down to a good interview, it's how much that person knows you. You know, uh, people that do their research and a little bit of their homework, that's what makes for a really great interview every time. And uh, I've seen we, enough of your episodes. We had one more question. I, I, th I think this is a good one from Angel Wings. I just wanted to get this real quick. Oh, she says, hi, Angel deal? Wings. Yeah, she says, what's the deal with the negative gray agenda I notice of you pushing? I don't let them in my head. I'm not allowed. I keep randomly running into them, though. Would you want to answer that real quick? or do? Yes, what um, do you think? Angel, Angel Wings, she was on my show just uh, before Joe Joyce. Uh, she was on the show um, talking about um, unicorns and a bunch of other awesome things as well. A lot of fun. Now, the gray agenda, it depends on what specific gray species you're talking about. A lot of these beings are in genetic programs due to them having radiation fallout and wiping out their civilizations they need to come here and get human genetic stock in order to save their species etc a look at grays as people that are just doing a job they got to do except they're not people and a lot of times they're just clones or hive-minded drones operating for a greater intent in order to produce more drones and clones they need our genetic makeup and uh, it depends on the gray extraterrestrial, you know, some gray extraterrestrials, they really don't need our genetic makeup. And it's more of like scientific means and research, no different than how our scientists uh, collect different animals and study their genetics to see if there's any medicine properties or anything valuable to come out of that species or even maybe if that species is good to eat. 
You know, look at us with cows and chickens. You know, we had to go through a long process of evolution before we learned what we could eat as a species and what we couldn't eat. No different throughout the galaxy. And I know some of these are kind of harsh and oh, maybe a little scary, but it's not like that. These are just beings that got a job to do. Now, if we want to go into the morals and dogma of what these beings are doing, that's that's a whole nother debate, a whole nother story, because a lot of people will say, well, it's negative because we're sovereign beings. And at the end of the day, to say nothing is to consent, but to stand up against these beings and say no or call upon the name of Jesus or Muhammad. It don't matter what you say. Just to say no. You know, like, kids, just say no to drugs. Just say no to grace. It's that simple. Just say no. Just say I like no. that. Because they don't have your... Con- Actually, I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, kids, just say no and put a, gra- a nasty, mean, grass extraterrestrial on the t-shirt. <laughs> Just say no, kids. Like the old that would be hilarious. <laughs> Dare. Yeah. Just say no. <laughs> and then that would be cool. Crazy abbreviation for deer. Yeah, I don't know. It just came to me. But yeah, great question, uh, Angel Wings. And um, you're a sovereign being. The light that are is within you and all of those that are watching right now. It's very, very powerful, and you do have a say, but to say nothing is to consent. To say nothing out of fear is to say, yes, keep doing this. So, Yeah. Uh, uh, this guy's uh, Grand Feast for Vultures says, do you think we are directly connected to many different aspects from different dimensions? Yes. Uh, that's an easy one. Thank you for such an easy question. Absolutely. 110%. All things are all happening at once. Multiple layers, dimensions, density, timelines, whatever you want to call it. All happening all at once and it's all connected. Beautiful question. Wonderful question. Love it. Easy one too because it's all connected. When everything's all connected, every answer is so easy. You almost know that yeah. once you realize that everything is connected, any answer to any question is pretty easy. Oh, this is uh, oh, Robert. Beth has a question for you. Or not a oh, question, Beth. but she has a comment. She says, uh, Robert, oh, you did a great job on Dr. Charnel. Made me cry while I was driving home from work. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Beth Beth Noyes, Robert and I, we both worked with her. I was so, uh, what an honor to have her come on, share her She's story. She's amazing. You know, Frank and the alien. You know, Frank. I actually want to make a t-shirt uh, of her drawing with uh, Frank, her redheaded friend, waving with the little Eben driving the saucer. Uh, Beth's story is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's one of those rare cases where a group, you know, like, uh, I believe like eight people were all, well, maybe nine, but eight of them like remembered the abduction all simultaneously, all had the same experience, all, all in like the same area. I've never heard a story like that. And I've never had a story where there was like confirmations of others remembering the experience. I've had people share stories where I was abducted and I saw my friends, but when I asked my friends, they didn't remember. 
her story is not like that. One person didn't remember. All the other people did remember and little details and stuff. It was Robert, you heard this story. It's on your channel too. Mind blowing, dude. Mind oh yeah, yeah. But especially about the plants, about the, the, the plants that are gonna be coming in. I had Mary Rodwell on my show and she verified that about the plants too. Like she got confirmations of that and they got confirmations of the space arcs too. So that's crazy, right? And uh that's funny you bring up Mary uh Rodwell because uh last yesterday when I did the interview with Dr. Shernell, she was saying, Oh, I gotta get you in touch with Mary Rodwell and um upcoming two weeks from now i have um elsa dylan family of uh 10 i have her coming on my show too that's funny you said that I, it's already done but she works with her and she was i don't know much i know who mary rodwell is i've seen her in shows and stuff like that but i've never got to know her but everyone i talk to it just so happens they're like really tight with her and stuff and they're like you need to talk to her i'm like okay but yeah her story is all wild and later on i'm looking forward to having um elsa's uh daughter on uh her you know you know the people i'm talking about that when she, she elsa emailed me after the mary rodwell show she told me that they're a family of 10 experiencers in and uh, like aussie land and i was like i'm interested in having you on i think it's it's scheduled for january i'm they won't be i'm well, mine won't be out till like after way after january like middle of january probably like but it, you, have, uh, you haven't interviewed her yet it's it's scheduled for um hold on i'll tell you it's scheduled for uh wait a minute I, it's wait a minute oh it's it's uh it's not the 11th it's the 10th it's the 10th january oh, wow. 10th i'm, I'm oh, booked that far wow. out i'm booked to the middle of january you're working and uh let me tell you you are in for a treat i don't even want to i don't want to spoil it dude but Dude, it's it's legit, bro. You're gonna, <laughs> your head's gonna blow up. Well, I'll see your interview easy. first. Your your will come out first, so we'll be able to we'll be able to gal be able to gauge it off that. Like, you know, yeah. And like, it's great you, if we have the same. You will be able to ask the questions I don't ask, which that's awesome. Well, these people need to sell their books and they need to sell their story too. You know, everybody's got something, or, or not just a book, but I'm just saying like. They, or, or if it's not that, they want to get their story out and they want to get to multiple places. You know what I mean? So it's like she, they'll go on coast to coast too. They'll go on maybe Elena Danan's channel or whoever's. But, you know, people do the podcast circuit. That's perfectly normal, right? You know, everybody goes yeah, on every show. She's, she's not really one of those people. She's waited years and like Beth, she wasn't, you know, a lot of my guests that come on the show, it's like the first time they're like sharing their story. Publicly, that is good. You know? That is good. You do that. Yeah. I noticed and that. Like the one I noticed not all about, about clout or fame and you know. Yeah. You're, you're about just getting people getting their story out. Right. You know, like I, I, I understand. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like I, I like that. Like, um, I'm going to see if we have any other uh, questions here. We've been going, uh, we've been going a while. Maybe that was, um, but yeah, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we finish up for tonight? I love everyone that is watching this. Much love to you. I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Please check out the description. Please support. Be a loyal subscriber to this channel. Keep showing Robert love. He's doing great work for all of you and for all of those that come on his show. 
show him love, show him love. Don't stop doing it. That's it. That's all I have to say. Well, and then I have to say, show Robert Earl some love too, because he, he they don't come like him. You don't get good people like him in this world. Like, unfortunately, it's sad to say because we live in a world of like insanity. But like Robert's a genuine A plus dude who who makes an insane content, insane. So you have to sub to his channel. Like, if you're sub to my channel, it's almost like you have to sub to Rob's channel. Like, you know, it's not even like you ha you have to follow because you don't know what that one of us is going to come out with next. So. It's kind of like a, you know. That's the best part. You really, like, that's with me and you. You never know. You don't know if this is going to be someone that just came out of a cardboard box and last night they saw a UFO and they want to talk about it. Or if it's someone that's been doing it for 40 years plus, multiple books, been in movies, multiple documentaries. You won't know who is next because Robert and I, we are trying to teach you Listen to everyone. It's a yeah. lesson we are teaching you. Don't judge people by their clout or their fame. Judge people by the contents of their character and the contents of their experiences. I agree. That's well said. I guess we'll finish with that. And thank you, Rob. This was awesome. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Until next.